the amount of travel that I've gotten for free already is astounding. I won't even tell you how much because it's a, you're going to be like, she's lying. <laughs> it's a lot. Hey y'all, it's LJ here, owner and founder of Smart Moms Plan Disney and Smart Moms Travel. We are so glad you're here for another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Now, here's your host, Allie. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. I am honestly giddy today with excitement over this episode for a couple of reasons. I am so, so happy because this episode is going to come as a huge help to many, many of our listeners. But not only that, the two hosts that are joining today are honestly the, I can't think of two people better that will know the answer to these questions and how to help the very, very, very most. I am here with Katie and LJ today, and we are going to be talking about saving strategies and how they relate to your Disney vacation. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you? I'm great. And like I said, I'm so excited. So I'm I'm even greater that we're going to share this information with listeners. And honestly, I think helps so many people that just feel like Disney is not attainable. And we talk about it all the time, but we've never really broken it down the way we're going to do today. Before we do, of course, I want to thank all of our listeners. The Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast is celebrating a huge milestone. We have officially reached 100,000 and growing streams on our platforms. We're literally so grateful. The fact that even close to that many people are listening and learning about Disney is just, it makes us so happy to know that we're we're reaching people and helping people. So we want to thank you wherever you're tuning in today. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button so that you can continue listening every Tuesday when our episodes drop. And of course, check out our Patreon community that is growing every single week. And we are having so much fun getting to know listeners more closely in there. So this has just been such a journey. We want to thank LJ, obviously, for the, the platform and the listeners for, for making it happen. So we're super excited. You guys deserve huge kudos. That is That is incredible. That's a really big achievement and to have done it so quickly. Y'all are just out there making it happen. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, thanks. We were so excited about it. Some of us that are like down here in Florida to celebrate, we were like, can we get to Disney for the weekend for a quick getaway? <laughs> and it was Carla and I in Magic Kingdom. And then we were meeting up with Becky a little bit later at Epcot. And we were we got our celebratory pins that said, I'm celebrating 100,000 streams. Aww. And Carla was like, well, what should we do? And I said, I hear that you've made it whenever you go lounge on the hub grass. So I feel like we need to do <laughs> it's so it's so good. And that's a good reminder for listeners that you don't have to be celebrating a birthday or an anniversary to get a celebration pin when you're at Disney World. Whatever you're celebrating, make sure you get one of those buttons because it does make your trip so much more magical. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to just start today by saying that. And then now I'm so excited to dig in. LJ literally wrote a book on this. That's right. Yeah. And many listeners, I'm sure, have either read or seen the book, right? LJ, you want to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I mean, it's the original in 2017, and then I updated it towards the end of 2018. So it's old at this point. Like I was, it was, I feel like it's a different LJ that wrote that book than than this LJ. I was really just focused on going to Disney as often as I could 
and I had no money. I was, we were pretty strapped for cash. Um, I left, I had left my job in 2018. No, gosh, side guy. 2016, I left my job. So I was fully like supporting the entire family on the money that we had coming in for my real estate company. And I had taken a huge pay cut. Like I was earning six figures a year in corporate America. And then I decided I wanted to own my own time, whether that meant that I had as much money or not. So I went from the six figure plus lifestyle to, I think, you know, I feel like I was profiting around like maybe 40K. And that's a, <laughs> that's a huge swing. And we had, um, we had Sci Guy by then. So four kids, and we were learning to live on the slower budget. I, I Now I'm not a huge Dave Ramsey fan, but then I was like trying to follow his plan. And we were trying to get out of debt at the same time. And I did not want to cut my Disney trips. I didn't think that I needed to cut my Disney trips. It was like one of those things, like you've heard people say like high joy purchases. And Disney for me was that. And I was, I'd been going to Disney about monthly since... I would say 2015 from uh, Kentucky. So I had like the travel aspects and I just really dialed in. And it was like, I was doing everything I could to save so that it made Disney possible. And then I just decided to write all of that stuff down in the book. And like I said, a lot of it's outdated now. We sell it for, I still sell it, but I sell it like vastly discounted compared to what I used to sell it for. And the strategies hold like, the overarching strategies of like how to think and all that hold, but the, a lot of like the individual things don't work any longer. So it's called Disney World Within Reach because I named it that for like, just like what you said, the, the idea of people thinking that they can't afford Disney World and then these strategies making it within reach. It really, and it, it really did do that for like a family that was really cutting their budget, paying down debt and still trying to travel. It, it made it possible. I love that. And the other thing that I love about what you had mentioned there, LJ, was you said, you know, I, I had this six-figure job and I decided to pivot because I wanted to own my time. I wanted to be in charge of my time. And I mean, we hear the phrase time is money so often, but I feel like we feel that on steroids on Disney property. Do you agree with that? Like time is yes. money so much more on Disney property. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you're, yeah, the amount you're spending versus what you actually get to accomplish while you're there. LJ, you talk about that all the time. And yes. I, you said a couple of things that it, when you were just talking that I want to I want to touch on number one, you said those high joy purchases. Uh, my dad taught me that thinking when I was really little. And it's just something that's always stuck with me. And Disney is that for me. And mm -hmm. I have kind of grown up just thinking about these high joy purchases. And I talk to people all the time that also want Disney to be theirs. And these strategies, things that you were talking about, things we're going to discuss today, prove that it is possible. I love that you said you titled your book Disney Within Reach. I just think it, it's so smart and it's so like you said, some of the things in the book aren't really relevant anymore, but the thoughts are. Yes. And it's like, you can't really keep a book like that relevant all the time, but the thinking can be, and the thinking can evolve, can evolve. And a lot of what you talk about on your social media is in line with that. I'm really excited just to hear your take on things, especially your evolved takes on things, um, obviously, because I own a copy of the book and to dig in for our listeners. Yes. It's it's fun to kind of revisit this because it's definitely evolved. I feel like there's, there's a different mindset, you know, when it's like, I have to do these things so that I can go to Disney. That's a different, I feel, honestly, I feel like 
God uses your desires and like your hopes to help you kind of buckle down and do the things that you should be doing. And we all know that we should be paying like, you know, a little more attention to our finances than we probably are. And I definitely felt like that was for sure true for me. I kind of looked up and was like, why am I a quarter million dollars in debt when I'm making so much money? And I had made like kind of the dumb decisions that the world just kind of leads you down of like owning a house. That's probably too much for you. Owning a car that's probably too much for you. The student loan debt and just putting whatever on a credit card without thinking too much about it. And I feel like when I started to want to go to Disney, it was the bridge for me to be like, what have I been doing? And to really change my financial condition. And honestly, to dig out of being in so much debt to, you know, figure things out to kind of change my, I wasn't even doing real estate when I first found Disney. So it's really been the catalyst. And I feel like that can, it can be that for a lot of people where it's like to want something really badly helps you kind of have the fuel to go figure out all the, all the other hard parts along the way. Yeah. And the Disney trip itself doesn't have to be the factor in your life that, you know, you were just saying there's a lot of contributing factors to, you know, maybe debts that you're in. And it doesn't have to be that Disney trip that you so desperately want to take with your family. Yes, absolutely. The thinking behind this whole thing to me is that a lot of people are starting to plan their Disney trip and they're like, help, I want my kids to have this magical experience. Maybe I never had it or maybe I haven't had it since I was little, but I don't have $10,000. Oh, you don't need 10000 I feel like that is like a total miss. You hear that all the time. And I don't, I hear it in the Facebook group where like somebody posts like a weird quote and they're like, why is this $10,000? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? First of all, like you just do not need that much. It just doesn't cost that much. And you can make some really smart decisions as you're planning out your package. My book is based on the idea that I want a Disney trip that does not skimp. Like I'm not telling you in there to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in front of the castle. Like I am like, I want you to have the Disney experience. I just want you to have it for the lowest cost. So I've always felt like there's two different schools of thought when it comes to saving. One is like, I want to save by having a lesser experience. Like I'm going to stay off site. I'm going to bring peanut butter and jelly sandwiches into the park. Like that's a lesser experience compared to I'm going to stay on site. I'm going to eat Disney food. I'm not going to truck my food around the park, but those, so you can go either direction. It just depends on where you are financially. But I just want everybody to know, like, first off, that I, like, me personally, I don't want the off-site peanut butter and jelly life. I want to save on the on-site eating in the castle life. So that's my, always been my goal. That's sort of my philosophy, too. The way that I sort of word it is, like, maximizing the magic, cutting costs, right? So the idea here is not... You know, I'm going to save 20 bucks by staying off site. So I'm going to save that 20 bucks. That's not the idea that I'm going for. The idea is that $20 investment to stay on site is what I'm going to do. And the reason I say 20 bucks is because I was actually talking to a client this week who was very, very interested in staying off site. And I told her, we're happy to book you off site if that's what you want and that's what you really want. But I had this whole conversation with her where I was like, what is the purpose? What is the reason for you wanting to stay off site? And she was like, I got to save money wherever I can. And so I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I've talked to a lot of people. I've been doing this now for going on three years. And 
a lot of times I'll do the math with those clients and I'll be like, by the time you pay for a rental car, you pay those hidden and resort fees offsite, you pay to park at the Disney parks every day. By the time you add up all of those fees that you wouldn't be paying if you were staying on site, the difference is almost exactly the same cost to stay on site. And it literally came down to a $20 difference for this client to stay on site. I was like, wouldn't you pay that 20 bucks for all the perks of Disney because I would. (laughs) That's actually a computation that I had done early in the book just because it was like I kept seeing the same thing in my own life. Like I kept on like at first, you know, I think I've told you guys on this podcast that I had stayed off site 15 times before I was like, let me go try staying on site. And then when I once I did that, I was like, it's such a better experience that I want to stay on site whenever possible. So then I was still on a budget and I still didn't hate being off site. So I would still compare it every single time. And what kept happening was that it would come out to extremely, extremely close like that. Sometimes being on site would save me money. Sometimes being off site would save me, you know, but it was always $20 a day or $30. It was never the hundreds or thousands that people think that it is. Mm -hmm. And the other part of this is, that I think people will compare the two or one star available mm-hmm. hotels that are available on iDrive to Disney and Disney does not have two or one star. The lowest that they have are three stars and those are the value resorts. And so you really do also have to compare apples to apples. Now, if you're going to do a two or one star like motel on iDrive, I, what we're saying may not hold true. If you are willing to like risk cleanliness, risk safety, and those types of things, you may be able to save more money by staying off site. If you're going to get a cardboard box under the bridge, you may be able to save more than <laughs> staying on site. But by, but I think we all have a threshold of what we're like willing to do. And I feel like clean and safe really starts at about three stars. And that's where, you know, Disney's decided like that's the game they want to play. Uh, they don't want to play the game of two and one star hotels. So when you compare, you know, three star hotels or motels, that's the price that's going to be really, and it is those extras because if you look at the face value, it's going to look like, oh, it's a, it's quite a bit of a savings to stay off site. And then when you start digging in and it's those extra fees that Disney waves, that's really going to make, you know, the difference. So I highly recommend that the first thing is, is that you really compare apples to apples. You think about what you want. I would not go, I do not want to stay just in my, in general, in my life, I don't want to stay at lower than a three-star hotel. So by the time you're comparing, you know, an actual holiday in to a, to one of the Disney values, then you're going to see that the pricing is very close and it's going to get even closer when you factor in that you need a rental car. If you stay off site. you need to pay for parking. You may need to pay for parking at the hotel. You need, may need to pay that resort fee that they're not telling you about in that very first pricing. And Disney doesn't do that. Yeah. And that's going to include a lot of those Disney Springs packages that you can get, right? That's when you're comparing the apples to apples. And that's where you start to see that savings diminish. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the biggest misconception really lies. And you said it starts with comparing apples to apples. And I think where that even starts is, of course, one of the biggest savings strategies that you can possibly use is we say it all the time, use a smart mom's travel agent, right? I mean, that's where you're going to get the real comparison, the real understanding of what you even are comparing and some of those fees you may maybe didn't know about and some of those perks you maybe didn't know about. And that's 
just like Katie was saying, just like she broke down for someone she was working with, that's the value that you get your free agent so that they can work and do the comparison and help you actually save on a better experience. I, I definitely did not know that travel agents were free when I was first, you know, diving into this world and would have absolutely 100% thought that they were something that I didn't need that was going to cost me more that wasn't going to benefit me. And it could not be further from the truth. It they Using a, a travel agent, especially Smart Moms travel agents, there are travel agents out there who will charge, but it's part of our agency's core values that we do not add any kind of fees or anything like that to work with us. So using a Smart Moms travel agent is free, will not cost you anything, and will give you that added benefit of actually knowing how to make these comparisons and asking the right questions. And we make we make the same percentages if you book off-site or if you book on-site. Like, to be honest, sometimes Disney's the lower. Like, we make commission working with Disney, right? It's no secret. Sometimes, a lot of times, they're one of the lower options when it comes to the amount of commission that they pay us. So it's not always like in our best interest to like try to have you on site. We just know it's going to be a way better experience. So we're going to look at that and we're going to compare and we're never going to, you know, push you to do something based on the amount of money that we make. It's all about the best experience for you and giving you the right knowledge to be able to make that choice. Exactly. Exactly. Whenever you book with a smart mom's agent, like the, the example that I just gave where I was like, we can compare these. And obviously having done this for a while, I have that knowledge and that insight to be able to tell you, you don't really want to book offsite because it's, it's very similar. But that's one way that you're sort of saving by booking with a smart mom's agent is you have that insight and that expertise. The other way that you're saving whenever you book with a smart mom's agent is we monitor the promotions. You never even have to think about it. You don't have to text. You don't have to email me. You don't have to request a discount. We literally go in and monitor the promotion drops and just apply it for you and send you an email that says, here's your pixie dust savings. It's not any easier than that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually had clients email me. Maybe they just didn't see their savings email or something and say, oh, I saw this awesome new promotion is this something i can have and i'm literally able to say you already have that we already did that that's you know i, I took care of that while you were sleeping and <laughs> when you book off-site this isn't an off-site versus on-site discussion this is a saving strategy truly because when you book off-site book a package or a third party you know a hotel or, or airbnb that's your that's your final price you're there with disney they have promotions that drop pretty much year round. You're going to find a promotion. You know, there, there's rarely going to be a time that there's not a promotion running. Of course, we can't guarantee there will be, but history says there likely will. And so that means that if you're booking and promos haven't been released for your time yet, chances are your your price you're booking isn't even going to be the final price you pay. Exactly. That makes it hard to really compare the, you know, the apples to apples like we talked about. And sometimes I'm like, Disney, what are you doing? You know, can you get these things done sooner? But I mean, I know it all goes into, you know, they are waiting to see what kind of, what kind of, like how busy are they? What kind of, what, what do they need to offer? So definitely don't be scared to book before those promotions are out. Because if you do book before the promo promos are out, you're going to have, you're going to be at the top of the line. Like that's, that is like our commitment to you is that we will, we will be working with your booking first 
And in general, it's much easier for us to apply those promos to something that's already booked. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a quick, it's a very quick, like kind of going in and just checking. It's it's very similar to like Southwest. If anybody has played around with that, where you can just kind of act like you're going to change it and then see if there's any other offerings, choose the one that's left versus if you're not booked when those promos come out and you're getting quotes at that point, it's going to be, you're not, you're not going to be at the front of the line. You're going to be, you know, dealing with, first of all, your agent is taking care of all the people that's already booked. And then you're going to be dealing with all those people having already snatched up the promos. So don't be afraid to book before those are out. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good, really solid point because they are usually released in limited availability. I helped one family save $900. You guys like they're booking (laughs) alone. That's, that's mind blowing. You know, that kind of savings is, it's it's unbelievable and it and it happened and it happened with promotion with Disney and so that is a savings strategy that people maybe don't value enough there that and it's going to actually lead me into two things first if you are a smart mom's travel agent listening the hidden Mickey today will be promo we'll just do the shortened version and it's going to lead me into another strategy that I think people don't maybe realize or consider. When we were talking about wanting to have savings that didn't skimp your trip, yes. taking a longer trip is actually a strategy for saving a lot of times. So for a couple of reasons, number one, and this is a more isolated reason, Disney is running a promo right now that's called the Longer You Stay promo. And that's the one that I used that saved that family $900. The longer you stay, the more savings you acquire and you can actually spend less staying more, which is just, (laughs) it's unbelievable. It's so great. But also in addition to that and things that happen all the time, ticket pricing goes down the more days you add, Mm -hmm. things get less expensive as you buy them in bulk, basically. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I want to point out about what you just said, Allie, where Disney, like, it's really all of the local ones, right? Like Universal does the same thing where the more tickets you buy, the cheaper the tickets are, right? So the more ticket days you have, the less you're going to be paying in the long run for it. So if you if your plan is I'm going to come down to Orlando and we're going to spend two days at Disney and two days at Universal, I hate to tell you this, but you're probably way overpaying for those tickets because if you just planned to do a trip that was like three or four days at Disney, then you would be saving more on it, right? Like if you want to tip your your you know into the waiting pool and go just spend a day i can understand that but to chunk your trip into just one day at each place you're really going to be overpaying exactly yeah the longer you stay i i understand that that feels really overwhelming and some people are are probably listening saying i thought i could only go for two days that is backwards that is not actually what is true so staying longer good strategy and we love taking our longer trips we do take shorter trips but i mean longer trips allow you to have more a relaxing well-paced trip anyway and that's going to help you again not plan a trip that requires skimping to save uh, which is the goal i think it just feels very luxurious too like time and having rest feels extremely luxurious so even i remember in the book like in, like this is you know going back but in the book, I remember doing this like calculation where I figured out that something like at five days, you know, this is way back, you could add another day for $10, another day of tickets for $10 a ticket. 
And now I don't think this is true anymore. I think it's more expensive and farther out that that they drop that low. But at the time I was like, this is where luxury starts really making sense. Like having extra days of tickets so that you can do a half day. Like I love, I love half days at Disney. I feel like gone are the days of the park open to park close. Like I'm that, I'm not about that life anymore. And I feel like being able to just, you know, get up when I want to get up, go in when I want to go in, not be so worried about the fact that, you know, this ticket cost me a hundred dollars. So I have to feel like I have to be there for every second. The you know, the gates are open. It's so nice to just be like, no, it was, you know, it was practically free. So I feel comfortable relaxing by the pool or having a leisurely breakfast or whatever it was. So that to me is one of the the big things that makes me feel like I got more for my money then. That leans back into what I was like joking about earlier with, you know, you've made it once you spend your park day hanging out on the hub grass, right? Like, yep. <laughs> so many people, like it's this FOMO thing, right? We were talking a little bit about time is money and people feel like you have to run to the next attraction to get the most bang out of your buck. And I mean, you can, and we, we're probably going to talk a little bit about what times of the year are better for crowds and pricing and things like that as the conversation continues. But don't be afraid for your Disney trip to just be something that you soak up and enjoy the magic, right? Like, don't be so caught up in, I have to make it to the next shortest wait time that you're shooting yourself in the foot for enjoying it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I have done that before. Early on, I sort of lost the the thread of like what was important. And I feel like I, for a minute there, was like, the goal is to do all the things. No, 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 no. The goal is to have the best time. That's the goal. Yes. So keeping that in front of you, keeping joy in front of you and not not getting so caught up in. And I don't know if that's my personality type because I think there's people out there that would be like, that's so weird, LJ. But for me, it makes complete sense. <laughs> well, I think it's perfect. I think it makes absolute sense. And I think it's the absolute core of this whole episode, you know, is to keep joy at the front and to do it in a way that... Makes you not feel overwhelmed. I think another thing to consider, and I think this one is going to be surprising for some listeners as well, just as us insinuating that a longer trip can actually be a good way to, a good strategy for saving. Another thing is to think about when uh, peak times are to travel to Disney World. Because if you hit Disney at an off season, there are going to be massive price differences. And I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely massive. I mean, hundreds of dollars per night at a, at a resort is that swing. And before I became a smart mom's agent and I was just somebody that loved Disney, I was under the impression that the peak season for Disney was actually different than what it was because my family grew up going to Disney World in June, May and June. And that's when we would take our trip. And so to me, that must be when everybody goes to Disney and that's when it's crowded. But Katie, is that true? That's not true. And it's especially not true in a post 2020 world and we switched to you know remote schooling remote working i mean maybe back in the 90s when we were growing up disney's peak season might have been the summertime it probably was but that is not the case anymore we actually see that disney offers their best promos of the year usually over the summer and into early fall and you're also going to find that the crowds really aren't that bad the crowds are usually pretty mild in the summertime as well I find that peak season is usually that time between October to December. And I've actually done the math. I have a guide 
uh, where I talked about what is the best time to go for crowds and for pricing. And I compared the cheapest week with the lowest crowds of the year to the most expensive week and the highest crowds of the year. And without factoring in any promotions, just the rack rate for each one, it's like almost half. Like it is a crazy amount of savings if you're willing to go during those off-season times. So before I became an agent and I was just planning my family's first trip, I did extensive research into this. I was like, what actually is the best week to visit Disney? I don't want you to feel like there's one week that's just a slam dunk week, right? But overall ever since like we've had this societal shift of when is the best time to go like late january through february is pretty good then your rule of thumb is generally if people are in school it is cheaper at disney right if there's a school break like over spring break there's higher crowds there's higher pricing over the summertime is probably the only way that I would say that that doesn't fit into the rule of thumb because a lot of people like to go to the beach over the summer. And so we're finding that people, you know, crowds are thinner over summertime. It is, it is easier to go to Disney over summertime. My personal favorite time to go to Disney is through September. My family will spam Disney through the month of September because it's just so cheap to go and there are so little crowds then. That is my personal favorite time is all throughout September. Oh, I love February. I always have loved February. I feel like it's like the prices are low, the weather's so good. But I also feel like September is kind of the fall version of February. It's again, like the weather is very similar and maybe it's a little warmer in September. But then you also are getting like those low crowds. So that's probably my second or third favorite month to go. But this is huge. This is like back when I was going taking like an on-site Disney trip every single month. This is so huge. I would just notice in my budget, like I would know how much it's going to cost me to do this because I'm doing it every month. And then there would be those months that it's like, wow, this is really, it's actually very, very, very hard to stay within the same budget. So you, I mean, sometimes it's like you could stay deluxe in February versus for the same price staying value in May. Are you a dedicated fan of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast and feel the need to take notes while listening to each and every episode? Our Diamond Mind Patreon subscription is a perfect fit for you. Every month, our Diamond Mind subscribers receive a new Disney travel guide that simplifies and organizes the podcast content. Join our community at patreon.com and search for Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Joining our Patreon supports our woman-owned small businesses and allows you more simplicity and support in planning your next Disney vacation. Join us at patreon.com and we'll see you there. My husband and I, our anniversary is in May. And last year there was like, there was such a great deal. Cause that's like, that's the end of the school year. People don't want to take their kids out of school because like finals and things like that. So it was, our anniversary is May 16th. We stayed that weekend at Coronado Springs and we got a club level room for like, oh my gosh, dirt cheap. It was crazy cheap. And I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> yep. That so that's a big deal. Like figuring out when you're going to go and that's another thing I hate to like keep on just like sh shamelessly plugging the agency. But that truly is like do you want to go learn that? Do you want to go like dig around on the internet and find the right time to go? You don't. You have things to do. Just have your travel agent do that for you. Just ask them. I don't really just say I don't really know when I want to go. I'm open within these parameters. 
And I'd like to hear what you think is going to be the, the low cost option for us. You know, and that does not mean that you need to, you need to stay value or you need to stay offsite or anything like that. You can have what you want and just do it intelligently. Yeah, I mean, because the price of deluxe over the summer is probably close to the price of value in the winter. You know, you'd be really surprised how your money can stretch on truly and and honestly. Every non-peak time of the year is going to come with its own pitfalls like the heat in the summer, but it's 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 not impossible, it's bearable, it's doable. At every resort there's a swimming pool. Yeah. And they are giving those tickets away sometimes for the water parks. I see these low prices when you add them to your packages. And I am like, oh my gosh, that's so worth it. Like, and the, the Disney water parks are, that's what, whenever anybody says like, do I want to go in the summer? I'm like, yes. Like, oh my gosh. Like, first of all, you have a pool. Your kids are going to be in seventh heaven. Like raise your hand. If your kid's favorite part of Disney is the, the swimming pool at the hotel, like that's a huge, you know, a huge percentage of us. Our kids are like, yeah. And then the water parks are just amazing. They're so well done for like children. Like I love Volcano Bay, that, that which is Universal's water parks. I love it for myself over there more. I'd honestly say that's my favorite. But Disney's water parks are for kids. Yeah. I mean, I have a fun time and it's great. I love that there's so much that my kids can do. So many water slides, so much fun over there. I completely agree. And for me, I guess the light the light bulb moment that I had was we went to the water parks. We were at Typhoon Lagoon and my youngest at the time was 15 months old. So like we're talking like just figuring out walking and she was able to ride Misadventure Falls with mm -hmm. us, which is a family raft ride. Like my 15 month old could go on me with that. All of the accessibility of Disney is is also at the water parks. Like the whole family can go and enjoy the water parks. Uh, I think really a big trick that people don't realize that it's kind of a way of hacking Disney or if it's on your radar that you want to visit the Disney water parks, that um, water park and sports option that you can add on to your tickets is like dirt cheap. So if you add that option to your tickets, here's how I'm going to explain it to you. If you add that option to a week's worth of tickets, you are going to pay the same price as if you paid for one day entry to that water park, but it's going to give you as many entries as you have park day tickets. So if you bought four days of tickets to Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and you add the water park and sports option, it gives you four entries to the water parks too. Like it's a stupid savings. It's it's incredible. It's a great savings. That's a good strategy. So if you add that in the summer to your, like if you think that you, you want to do like a lower cost summer trip, if you just get three or four day tickets for the parks, add the water parks and more and do a water park day in between, now you have a week for... You have a week's worth of tickets yes. for the cost of three or four days of tickets. Like, it's fabulous. I can't stop saying yes. I'm like preaching over here to everything y'all are saying. It's it's eight. You get eight days in the parks for a four day ticket if you add water park on. Unbelievable. And the savings you're going to get from going in the summer. I, I just too many people are scared of the heat. And it's one of the greatest strategies you can possibly take advantage of. Can I just say too that Disney is Disney is the most mindful vacation destination on the planet, okay? They know that you're concerned about the heat too. Like it's not like you're going to be going into a theme park and you're going to be baking in the sun all day. Like Disney has so many options in their parks to keep you cool as well. Not just at the pool, not just at the water parks, but 
there are so many places where you're going to go catch a show and be in air conditioning or there's going to be like some of the parks have splash pads inside the parks for you to like you know play in the water with your little ones or the misters yeah, the misters the misters are so good yes it's i, I look i like the misters because you're not like soak soaked but you're just like wet enough to to feel like you have internal air conditioning except if your kids going around like on the splash pad with the misters over by dumbo <laughs> yes then they're gonna need to but they're going to need to change the clothes. I was going to say, too, speaking of that dumbbell area, that's probably my favorite place to take a break and cool off as a mom of little ones. If you get in ride in line for the Dumbo ride, part of the line is in an indoor play area, like an indoor playground for your kids to go run around and play. It's a great place to let them burn off some energy and you can sit in the they're kind of like bleachers that are around the way and they give you one of those buzzers for like you get at a restaurant when your table's ready and they just say, "Okay, it's your turn to go ride." And you can play, let your kids play and hang out in the air conditioning and then just go ride when it's your turn. It's amazing. <laughs> we we are clearly like very excited about you going in the summer, but we need to focus. We need to focus. That is just one strategy. Yeah. Going in the summer is one is one strategy. We got to focus. We got to we, really any downtime. Yes. Like we all clung to summer because we know it's a good savings, but any downtime. Any right? downtime. Ask your agent. Ask your agent because, you know, people always say to me, when's the best time to go? Best can mean a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? And uh, it, what's best for one thing is going to be the worst for another. That's just what's true. Yep. And so best for price. You have a whole episode about that, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. When's the best time to go to Disney? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a whole episode if you want to know when the best time to go is based on your, your factors, if you want to go deep dive and find that. So another really good savings strategy that a lot of people kind of know about, but I don't think they realize what a great strategy it is to help make their trip attainable is the flexible payment plan that Disney offers. We've mentioned it on the show before. It's $200 to book a trip, period. That's it. $200. Most people can come up with $200 or save $200 in a, in a reasonable amount of time to put their energy and focus towards their trip and say, okay, now I have something, ta a, a tangible savings that I can pay on and I can strategize and I can move my trip, you know, if I need to. But all of the vacation money isn't going into like, you know, a kitchen jar. It's going mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. trip. I think that really puts, it, it, it just makes it much more concrete than if you have it in a savings account somewhere and you're not booked. So I always, I always say like the single biggest thing you can do to ensure that your trip is going to happen is to get it booked. And you only need $200 to do that. And whether you actually end up traveling on the days you book it, unimportant. Because what's probably going to happen is even if you do need to change it, you're probably just going to keep it booked and kind of just slide it over, you know, maybe add some time to it because you need a little more time to save or something comes up. But you're probably going to keep it on the books. You're probably not going to be like, you know, let me cancel it. So getting it booked and getting that confirmation number and having it in Disney system. And now you also have like the added bonus of, having something to look forward to. And it just goes back to what I was saying before about uh, being able to make better decisions because you have, it's, it's very, very, very hard when you're standing in the checkout line and there's a bag of Doritos and they're like, what are they like three or $5 these days? And you know, it's like a dollar's worth of Doritos, but because it's packaged in this way, you're like, Oh, fine. You know, and you grab it. But if you're like, that's my Disney money you have this like ammo to help you not make those poor decisions. And I, I feel like that is one of the strongest things that 
that Disney has done for me over the years is that it's continually helped me make better choices for myself and my family because it's a, it's truly like, instead of, I feel like a lot of budgets and especially like we talked about Dave Ramsey, like there's a lot of this like negativity, like it's like motivation by fear. And I feel like instead having something to like reach for or look forward to, it does not feel the same way. Like you don't feel like you're getting beat with a stick because you're thinking about buying Doritos. You just think that you're like, you know, should I buy this or not? And like, you don't even have to really, you don't even really have to like school yourself. You can just easily be like, no, cause that's, you know, that's extra money that we can have at Disney. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Should we talk about, I got so many things that we could talk about, but I feel like travel is one. I feel like there's, you know, Disney, we do have some strategies for saving on Disney, but I feel like it's less easy to save on Disney than it is comparatively to save on the travel to get there. So can we break into that and have a little discussion on that? Yeah, I was I was ready for you to bring this up. I know how passionate and well-educated you are on it. And so it, it's a huge strategy that a lot of people can really put to work. And honestly, I'm still learning from listening to some of the things that you've started discussing yes. uh, with us here, you know, as agents and, and friends. But I, I, I don't think people put enough stock into these specific things that I want you to lay out. Okay, so what she's referring to, and like, this is the term that everybody uses, and I know it could have some negative connotations, but what she's referring to is called travel hacking. And what travel hacking, like the definition of travel hacking is using credit card points or these different offers to get lower airfare. And I'll just give you an example from my own life and you don't have to do anything this extreme, but I, I had gotten flights for to, to go to London. So I have five kids and me and my husband. And then I also took a nanny because I ain't no joker. And so there's eight of us going from MCO to London and round trip. And it cost me, I didn't, I didn't, I, we were in economy. Like I didn't over, I felt like I did the best I could and it was $15,000. Now I did add the insurance, which was like a thousand maybe. So I probably could have gotten it for 14 but I was also like so nervous about spending 14,000 that I, another thousand for the insurance felt good. But, um, that was in for our trip in July of last year. And I did not know anything about travel hacking. Well, I did know about it, but I knew about it in the context of Disney. I did not know about it in context of like actual using it for flights to travel elsewhere. So I started looking into like, how are people even doing this? And I stumbled upon this concept of travel hacking and if, if you like are interested in this, we're going to be uh, digging into it more as a company because I've just felt like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. But the very next trip that I booked for all of us, I did business class. So lay flat seating instead of, you know, like the <laughs> like knees to your chest type seating. And I was able to get that for around $500 in taxes and fees. I had like the full ca- like the full cost of the airfare was completely covered by the points that I had accumulated. And, you know, obviously it wasn't very much time that it took me to accumulate those points. Now I do have kind of a good situation for travel hacking because I own this large business and, you know, I always, I spend a lot. So it's easier for me to accumulate points. But then I also spend them at a much higher rate than you guys probably do as well, because I'm taking eight people usually. And I really prefer business class versus being an economy. And those trips are overseas that I'm talking about. And 
there that's going to be much more expensive for a domestic flight it's so <laughs> it's so easy to to get those covered and if you're paying for your flights you're doing it wrong like you if you are paying cash for your flights at all i feel like i can pretty confidently say that if you made some different decisions then you would be able to get those flights covered for you one of the easier ways to do this is with southwest now they're you know completely domestic they don't travel overseas at all they are going to hawaii now which is really nice but you can get their companion pass which is not too difficult to do i just did it for myself and then also for uh two of my children they had a promotion and i was able to get it for my kids as well so the three of us have companion passes and what a companion pass is is that if you buy a ticket your companion flies free so i made asher my companion so when I buy a ticket, Asher can fly for free. Not actually, I should not say for free. It is $5.60 each direction. So for $11, $11 or $12, whatever it is. And I know, right? And then also when I was, what I was doing to get the companion pass was I signed up for a credit card and then I had to put some spend on the card. So I earned bonus points and you don't like, so the flight that I, so I booked my own flight with points and I had to pay the $11 and then for my own flight, but that's all I had to pay because the points covered the rest. And then I book Asher on there as well. And so basically it's like it only uses half the amount of points. So I did it when we were traveling back and forth from Kentucky to Florida, but they, they really were not like Southwest wasn't the best choice for me out of Kentucky because I could fly direct from Frontier and Southwest would be a connection. So I would prefer to usually pay cash for the Frontier flights. But what I ended up using my Southwest points for was to go to Disneyland out in Anaheim in California, and then also to go to uh, Hawaii, which we did in 2019. And we didn't pay anything for flights. Like Southwest flew us to Anaheim for, you know, free, basically the $5 per person. And then we stayed there, did some things at Disneyland as a family. And then we flew from there to Hawaii for free, the $5 a person. And then uh, went to Alani Disney's um, Hawaiian Resort, which we are also doing. We're doing this very similar trip uh, over the next couple of weeks. So if you want to see us do it, you can watch me. I'm on Smart Moms Start Companies on Instagram now. I've moved over from the main Instagram. So if you want to see it, follow me over there. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much that you can learn. And I want to be the one to teach you, but I just don't have the content out yet. So if this is like intriguing for you, ask your travel agent about it. They can definitely give you some content that we have already to help you. But I also really love Frequent Miler. They are, I just, I, they're probably like, they're my favorite podcast on it. I feel like they have like the same business ethics where they really, they're, they're about helping you. Like they are not about like turning a profit. I mean, I, I'm sure they do turn a profit, but they always put their listeners first and I really enjoyed their content. So if this is intriguing to you, dig in a little bit about it. I think you can learn if you just talk to your travel agent, you know, if we know like what city you're flying from and like when and that type of thing, we can probably give you some advice on how to get your flights for free. 
I was going to say too, and this sort of uh, comes back to a lot of what you talked about in the Disney World Within Reach book, LJ. Mm -hmm. Like you had mentioned a lot of stackable savings. And for my clients, they're always super pleased whenever I can talk about how to stack those savings. And what you mentioned there about like getting flights, maybe let's say you got that credit card and you open those, you, you got the points, but maybe it wasn't quite enough points to cover it. Maybe you still have a balance that needs to be paid. I think the best strategy there would be you're going to go on Rakuten or Honey or one of those cost saving um, Chrome extensions that you can put on your web browser. You're going to go there first so that you can earn cash back, right? From their website, you're going to go to Southwest or whatever airline you're using to book with. You can use that credit card that will continue to accumulate points and savings for you. And maybe the best answer sometimes is, yeah, just book, just pay that credit card directly to the airline. Sometimes an even better way to save, to stack more savings on that is to buy discounted gift cards. I always see $50 off of $500 gift cards for Southwest yep. at Sam's Club. And sometimes they even have like a $70, $70 off promo. So that's like you, by the time you stack up all those savings, you're getting cash back from Rakuten. You're saving money off of that discounted diff, gift card. You're getting points on the credit card. And it's just, it's one way after another, after another to save money that way. Yep. Another another credit card uh, that's I feel like is very low hanging. Like I love the Southwest cards. I think it's easy to get those and then easy to turn the savings around. Another set of cards that is like that is the Chase Sapphire, and they have they have two options. They have the um, preferred and then they have the reserve. And the reserve is pretty expensive. Like the annual fee is around like I want to say like four hundred dollars a year. They do give you a $300 a year uh, travel credit. So that, you know, right away brings the fee back into the realm of normal. But that card does have a lot of perks on it. But the, the, the preferred, the Sapphire Preferred is the one that most people go for. It has a $95 fee, but it also does give you a $50 credit for a hotel. So it brings the fee down to $45. But for signing up with that card, you're usually going to see a bonus of around 90,000 points. Sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's a little lower, but 90,000 points is about $900. It can be even more if you know what you're doing with the points. And I had this strategy in my book back in the day where if you sign up for the card yourself, then you can easily earn the $900. And then you refer your husband and you will earn, right now you'll earn about, I think about $400 in referral points because they have a, a bonus going for the referrals. Usually I think that's more like 200 and then you, your husband gets the card and also earns his $900. Now like that can be cashed out, which is one of the big ways to bring your Disney trip costs down. So if you have both par partners getting the $900 each and then also earning the referral, you're over $2,000 for just in free money by opening two credit cards and each person only opened one, which is not a, you know, negative thing. And I think that's, there's a negative perception about, you know, opening a lot of credit cards. And I do think you need to watch mm -hmm. your credit card opening. I don't think some of these, some of these ha travel hackers go, I think too far when they're like, you know, open a card every month. I feel like, Ooh, I don't know. I haven't been doing it long enough, but I have, I can say that my credit score is extremely high. 
And I can say that I do have a lot of credit cards and I have been doing this for a while. I don't think that opening new credit cards has affected me negatively for in the in the credit score department. I'm about to get a loan on my new house. We'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? Um, but I pull my credit and I can see that it's in the high 700s or the low 800s, depending on which bureau. And that's what it's been since, you know, for a long time. So it's not been, I like, opening a bunch of credit cards has not, you know, hurt me. They say that opening cards is about 10% of your score. And the biggest thing is that you're paying on time. And I would be very remiss if I did not say to you that you should never leave a balance on your card. Like, this is not a excuse for you to you know ring up a bunch of stuff on your card um, and not pay it you're gonna like the savings is going to be eaten away very fast because you're going to have interest charges on your card if you do that that's not what we're about in the like the people who are travel hacking we're paying everything off every it's it's like the idea is money you're spending anyway you're buying groceries you're paying your electric bill uh, you're paying for gas like that. You have all these co- costs anyway. You might as well put them on a credit card mm-hmm. and earn the sign up bonus, earn the points for this, the spending that you're doing, and then put that towards your travel. And I, I've just I've dived into this quite a bit since I discovered it in the summer. And the amount of travel that I've gotten for free already only in a few, only in, you know, about six months or so is astounding. I won't even tell you how much because it's a, it's kind of unbelievable. You're like, if I, if I say how much it is, you're going to be like, she's lying. <laughs> it's a lot. Hey there, friends. I'm Katie Boone, one of your podcast co-hosts. I'd love to invite you to join my Facebook Disney planning community called Planning Disney with Babies, Toddlers, and Preschoolers. In my group, I love discussing all the aspects of planning your magical vacation with little ones. Find my community at facebook.com slash groups slash plan Disney with little ones. Again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash plan Disney with little ones. When you join, don't forget to tell me you heard about my group on the podcast. See you there. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I know you're ready to get back to the podcast, but I've got something very simple for you to do. Join my Facebook group, Disney Planning Made Simple. I'm Stacy, one of your podcast hosts, and I have a sweet, friendly Facebook group made for those of us who thrive in the simple pleasures of life. Things like family, food, and Disney. Join at facebook.com slash groups slash Disney Made Simple or follow with the link in the show notes. We'll be so happy to see you there. For us, a lot of times the card that I would be referring would be the Disney Visa Chase card because they do have like Disney offers promotions if you are a card holder and everything too. And there's just, there's so many ways to save at Disney with the Disney Visa Chase card. You get, I think it's 10 to 15% off of food and merchandise purchases while you're there. You get exclusive photo op places in the parks. I would say that my biggest perk is as you, as LJ mentioned, like you should be paying off that balance every month, right? But with the things that you're normally spending money on anyway. And so what I do, like we have Netflix on there and Disney Plus, and maybe we have like a hospital bill that we're paying on. We'll put that on there on the card and pay it off every month. But then I'm also earning those Disney rewards dollars that you can use either while you're at Disney or you can you can apply that to your trip whenever you book with us, too. By the way, we can take that form of payment as well. 
But what I saw was we were using our card. I was able to do Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique with my girls three times a year, completely free. I did not pay for it because I had those Disney rewards. We also had Be Our Guest. We did Chef Mickey's. Like I have gotten probably close to $1,000 in a year in those rewards dollars that has saved my family like tons of money. Okay. So it's absolutely worth it. I think LJ, you said it very well and very carefully. You should not open a credit card unless it makes sense for your family to open a credit card. We're not here to put you in a bind or make make a bad choice. We're just saying if it makes sense for your family to open a credit card, these are the ones that are going to save you the most money. Yeah, if, if credit card savings is your strategy and and collecting the points is doable, these are the ones that are going to help you do it in the best way. Like LJ, when you were talking about all of those flights and barely paying for flights and you actually said your flights shouldn't really be costing you money. That's light bulb for most mm-hmm. people. You know, flights are the flights are the thing that hold people back. When you're when when we're working as travel agents and we're establishing, you know, comfortable budgets for families that want to travel, a lot of times they will say, "Well, this is how much I can spend, but it all, that includes my flights." What a dream to say, take flights out of it. Don't factor that in. Use these strategies to save and then put that money towards your better experience. Again, sticking with that not skimping. And Katie, you briefly mentioned those discounted gift cards. I mean, we don't want to brush over without saying if you can buy $100 in gift cards for what, $80, you're saving $20 on every hundred. And then you add that up to your full trip, look at how much you can save. And we, you know, we, we can apply, just as you mentioned with the Disney Visa, we can use Disney gift cards as a form of payment. And I highly recommend it, you know, for that reason, if you buy them in bulk and you buy them discounted. That is a strategy that is in my book, like in depth, because there really are, and it's kind of a moving target because there are different strategies that come and go that you may be able to do this, you may not. But one of the strategies that has been very, very long standing, and I I don't see going away is the target red card savings. You can get a Target red card. You can get a Target debit card or a credit card, either one. And then you can purchase your Disney gift cards from them at a 5% discount. So it's not cash back. It's actually like a discount that comes off the top. And I think it's so easy to just get in the habit of buying one of those $100 gift cards, you know, every time you're in Target. And just applying that to your balance and seeing that savings. BJ's also has a, so they're a wholesale club. So you do, I think I pay about $10 a year to be a member. And then they will have usually 5% or better savings on their gift cards. But what I like about them is that they will do it all digitally. So I don't have to actually be at Target. Um, So you can just buy those online and have them send you the code in an email and then you can apply that to your balance and that just send the email on over to your to your travel agent. Or we actually have a secure form for putting uh, gift card numbers in if that makes you feel more comfortable. There's other things, too, and it depends on where you live. One of the my favorite hacks that probably got me to Disney more than anything was the Kroger four times fuel points uh, hack. And that, what that is, is if you live in a store that has Kroger's and there's other like it's not just Kroger's, they own some other brands. Uh, like Albertsons and stuff like that. And you want to Google like Kroger stores near me and you can probably find out if there's one. There's none down here in Florida. I'm like, come on, Kroger. But the deal is that they, during certain times and usually pretty regularly every two weeks or so, they would do a 4X on gift cards. And what would happen is 
if you bought a hundred dollar gift card instead of getting four points towards your fuel four cents off your fuel you would get 16 cents off your fuel yeah that's something like that it's a big it's a big discount and i would learn i learned to stack it so i'd actually order this is so i don't know if this will work still but i would order discounted kroger gift cards so i would pay I would order them from like Ray's or these different places that would have them. And I would pay with a credit card that would give me points. So right there, I'm earning one or 2%, probably 2%. And then I would get the Kroger gift card for two or 3% off. So now I'm up to, you know, say 5% savings. And then I would use the Kroger gift card to pay for the Disney gift card during the Forex fuel points sale. And then I would maximize the fuel by bringing two cars or because you're allowed to do the savings on up to 35 gallons of fuel. Or I, you know, when I was in the real estate business, I had an employee that had a big truck that would take the full 35 gallons. And so I would tell him to fill his truck up and then I would reimburse him for his fuel as part of his pay. And so I had that figured out. So where it was like still passing me the savings from the gift cards. I'd also have, you know, my husband has lawnmower and stuff like that. So I'd always like have gas cans on the back of my car and things like that. You got to do what you got to do to get you to Disney. Some of those strategies are like, I would never do that. And some of them are like, I would never do that now. <laughs> but when it was like the difference between me going to Disney and not, it is, I'm like, yeah, sure. Put put a bunch of gas cans on the back of my car. It's going to be fine. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. These are the big saving strategies that we can use. And where you're going to see, you know, potentially hundreds of of dollars in savings. And of course, there are the smaller ways too. if you're truly adding up the small things. I mean, buy your souvenirs before you travel, right? Like don't pay for the expensive bubble wand when you get to Disney World, you know, get it before you travel and, and things like that. I have an amazing story about that. I did that exact strategy that you just mentioned, Allie, for our first trip where you buy the souvenirs ahead of time. I don't know if you realize this, but like if you go to the Disney parks, it'll have like on the label of their merchandise, Disney parks, like it'll say parks on the label. And those are things that you can only buy exclusively in the parks, except if they're doing a merchandise changeover, they'll sell them to like TJ Maxx and Marshalls and those discount stores that we all super duper love. So you can sometimes find at those stores actual Disney parks merchandise. And so before our trip, I was just constantly scouting those stores, looking for those things. I got like a Stitch Mickey ear hat for five bucks. It was, I saw it in the parks. It was a $25 Mickey hat. I got it for five, right? And so... What we did was I bought these souvenirs ahead of time and we don't do Elf on the Shelf, but what I did for my kids' first ever Disney trip was I bought these little Tinkerbell figurines and we made notes for each day. So we knew, okay, today is our Animal Kingdom day. So we are going to put out these like Disney figurines that are all the different animals on the table with Tinkerbell and Tinkerbell left them a note that says, today you're going to be exploring Animal Kingdom. And my kids thought that was great. They literally thought that Tinkerbell was coming into their room every (laughs) night to pixie dust them. And they never the entire trip, none of them were like in a store like, oh, I need that because every day they were getting small souvenirs in the room. It was it was so magical and it saved me so much money. Don't, <laughs> and don't forget about eBay. I, that's my like go to. I love a good used item. Give me all the used things in the world. I've never been like a germaphobe. I feel like I'm just like, I, I have my own germs anyway. Just bring it over here. So I love scouring eBay. I would have, um, you know, my kid's favorite 
characters I would have set up as searches and and then I would try to get things at low cost. Even you know, like you guys to tell you how poor I was, <laughs> like it was the regular eBay prices I still couldn't afford. I would need to like be having these short these uh, searches set up and that it would give me an email. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I gotta get this right now before somebody snatches it up. And my favorite story is Seth is a huge lover of Sorcerer Mickey. It's always he's always been his guy. And those Sorcerer Mickey hats in the in the shop at Disney. Yeah, 30 bucks easy. And I just, I knew I couldn't. And there was a, uh, I, I had the search set up and one day a hat came on and I, it was, it was close. Like it was close to budget. And so I messaged the woman and said, listen, my kids, it's my kids, uh, first ever solo trip to Disney. This is before like making an offer was a thing, right? I was like, is there any way you could do this? And she said, yes. I like you're getting it out of my house. So you're doing me a favor anyway. Let me, let me go lower the price for you. And she, it was something you guys, it was something like she lowered the price like $4, but it was the difference for me. Like it was in the, it was in the budget now. I love one mom helping out another yes. mom. And so Seth had seen this hat the whole trip and I was like planning and I didn't want him to know that, you know, I had it already. Um, so I was, I, he wanted it. He was talking about it. Like I was like, Oh, LG, you nailed that one because you knew he was going to love that. And what I did was when he, he was getting a picture in front of the castle with the photo pass. And I like ducked into the store really quickly right next to him. And I was like, I'll be right back. You know, and I was right there, you know, I can see him. But then I came back and I already had it in a, in a Disney bag. And I was like, look what I got. And I never said like, I just bought it from the store. I never like lied to him or anything, but I just kind of left the, uh, the, he doesn't, I went in the store. I came out with the hat. (laughs) He's none the the wiser. And he didn't, honestly, he didn't even think about that. He was just so over the moon that I got it for him. And it was like one of those top moments of your life when like you can provide that to you, like the thing that your kid so desperately wants and you can't really do it, but like through like your planning and your thought processes, you did pull it off. Like, I just feel like that was quite a moment. I also really loved the Dollar Tree and going, I would buy like those big suckers that they have, those lollipops. Like the ones mm-hmm. in, the, in Disney are like $4 each. And I got a lot of kids, like that adds up. But, the, but they have them at the Dollar Tree for a dollar. And so I would just get them and put them in my stroller. And then like my kids would be like, can we get a lollipop? And I would be like, yeah, here's one. And you're like, yes, it doesn't have Mickey on the wrapper, but okay, they don't really... They get over that pretty quick, but so much the Dollar Tree is like the, a huge way. If you are worried, if you are really counting your pennies, I feel like the Dollar Tree is your friend for getting souvenirs or like things to keep your kids busy in line. I know it's a dollar 25 now, but I think they carry a lot of Disney stuff. And in my experience, it's not been like, you think it might be like stuff that is, you know, junkier because it's you know, coming through this like discount platform. But I always felt really pleased with what they had, like the bubbles and the the wands and the... So I, I loved Dollar Tree for that. The, thinking about these things is really like, it's close to my heart. Like this was like, oh, such a... You sharing that story about getting your son that hat, I'm like literally over here in tears. Like it, <laughs> it means so much, right? Like we're just moms trying to build the dream, yes. right? You know what's perfect? What's perfect about that story, because we're kind of wrapping up here a little bit on our on our savings strategies. And LJ, you kind of framed the whole idea at the beginning of the episode by saying our ideas are not for ways for you to have a lesser vacation. 
Yes. Saving on souvenirs and creating this core memory for Seth, who probably still has the hat. He has it. He has it. Yes. Right, and you got, but like that wasn't you saving and having a lesser time. Find the ways to save that aren't going to cheapen the experience. You made a core memory with somebody that. You, you know, is one of the most important people in your life and he still has it, <laughs> you know, like yep. there be smart about your strategies and do it in ways that will not lessen and will only enhance and you'll do it. And, you know, I opened the show by saying people are saying, I want to go to Disney, but I don't have $10,000. You use these ideas and you'll spend significantly less. For sure. How much, how much do you need? You guys tell me because I'm not out there pulling the quotes every time you tell like, I want to go to Disney I want you to give me a ballpark for those out there listening. Here's a scenario. I want to go to Disney. I want to stay at uh, Pop Century. I'm willing to go in July or during a time off peak time. I have two kids. I really have five, but let's just be reasonable here. So I have two kids and my husband. So there's a party of four. And I'd, I'd really like to do four days and be able to do each park. I'm not super concerned about park hopper because I think I'll just do one park per day. What ballpark, what do you think I need that budget amount in my mind? I would say the rule of thumb that I usually tell people that come to me is that say, I have no idea how much Disney costs. A really good rule of thumb is anticipate for staying on site at Disney and your park tickets to stay for like a week. Plan for that to be about $1,000 per traveler, right? So for a family of four, I would say your vacation package is probably going to be around $4,000. However, there are very often times because we said, you know, we can't guarantee that Disney is going to run the promo, but gosh, Disney like always has promos, y'all. And so you could go for probably less than that, honestly. I'll tell you right now that I was pulling a quote for LJ as she was telling me her family circumstances. She could go for a week in August at Pop Century. She could have a down day where she could really enjoy the pool. She'd be on the Skyliner, get all four parks, and she could do it for her family of four for under $3,000. There you go. Yeah. And and that was more days than I asked for because I said I just would do four. And I, I think that that is, you know, doing... You can't just have that and say, oh, you know, maybe 1500 or 2000 for four days. I do think you're going to be in that neighborhood if you want to do four days. I feel like you're going to be in the two to, to $2,500 range for that package. There's so much, there's so many different things. Like you don't need to get, do you need to get tickets for all seven days? Maybe you only get five days of tickets. Maybe you only get three days of tickets. That was four days of tickets in a down day. And I kind of did that because here's a here's your family doing this for $3,000 and it's extra and it's luxury. Want to go less? You can. Right. You could literally build this package and still get everything you wanted without the extras I automatically included. And you could be closer probably to 2,500. Yeah. 20. It's really, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, I want, you know, when people say Disney is expensive, I'm like, have you traveled anywhere else? It's really not that expensive because yes. when you consider that it includes where to stay and all your entertainment. Like if I go to a city, like just if I go to like, I went to Chicago with my husband for a couple of nights before we, before the rest of our vacation. And we wanted to do a few things. Like you don't just go to the city and walk the streets. Like we wanted to do a few things. We went to Hamilton. We uh, had dinner in a nice restaurant and like Hamilton for the two of us was like $300, like a decent seats. But then uh, I know we went to a steakhouse and that was also over $200. And I'm just like, okay, you can't, Disney includes all of your entertainment. Like you don't have to get any other tours and any other things. It's like, it's really not, 
I don't know where this mentality of like the $10,000 has come from, sure. but it's totally doable. If you have 2,500, so, so doable. And then that's like, you could, you could do all these things. Like we didn't even mention the fact that when you sign up for a Disney chase visa, which I think is an extremely easy card to get and to manage and to do the minimum spend to get the bonus. There's a bonus of $250 on that. So if you and your husband both get this card over the year before you're planning your vacation, $500 off of your trip, just right there. It's actually $300 for your, for your statement credit bonus. And over November to December, they had a promotion that it was 400 per card. And then you also get the referral bonus for referring your husband, which I don't even know how much it is right now, but you're it's so you're $650 off your trip for the two of you to just sign up for cards that make sense. Have, have no annual fee. And you're, when your when your cost to go is only twenty five hundred, that's a huge difference. That's huge, and game. then you start stacking these other things like your discounted gift cards and you know at, you, getting your flights for free. You, I mean, it's just like it's you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Like you can do it. I am so excited that we recorded this episode because man, I I feel jazzed to go. Like it really is like Disney yeah. is within reach. <laughs> it really yes. It's just what LJ just said. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. It's it's so true. You can it's figure so true. it out. Whether it takes you, whether it ta- you can go next month, maybe, maybe you can't, maybe it takes you a year, but you can do it. Just start planning and figuring it out and get out there. You're going to love it. You're going to have so much fun. Your kids are going to never forget it. Yep. That's it. That's it. And it's hopefully after listening to this episode, Maybe it sparked some really good questions in you, or maybe it just sparked you, you know, inspired you to on it and do it. But it's time to reach out to your Smart Moms travel agent. And if you don't already have one, it's time to click the link in our bio and get set up with one because the ball can roll now that you know how the ball can roll and we can help. Let's do it. Well, LJ and Katie, your wisdom on this topic cannot be possibly overstated. It is so, so helpful. Um, I know it's helped me and I know it's helped listeners. So I'm just, I'm so grateful to have gotten to record this with both of you and learn, you know, as we're recording, because we all have our areas of strengths and I wouldn't necessarily have called this mine, but the two of you have, you know, some of the most analytical brains I know. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful to have gotten to listen and record with you and learn along the way. So thank you both so much. I just want to reiterate too, like LJ said earlier, this is literally the the tip of the iceberg y'all like i'm looking at the outline that we had to talk about today and i knew we were never going to talk about all of the points that i had outlined today there's probably 10 more points on that outline that we didn't even get to talk about just because the what the um episode is getting a little bit long but we know even more on how you can save on your trip don't be afraid to come talk to your smart mom's agent about about saving strategies for your trip yep Well, that's going to do it for us today for this episode of the Smart Moms Plan Disney podcast. Recently, Disney Mama Jess left a five-star review and said, Disney is complicated. It's no secret. These are real moms giving real and helpful Disney advice. This helped me so much. Thank you. Disney Mama Jess, we're so glad that it helped you. And especially specifically with this episode, we really hope we helped a lot of other mamas and other people that are hoping to plan their Disney trip. And of course, if you liked today's episode, we think you may also like another episode that we dropped a while back. When should you go to Disney? We talked a little bit about the best time to go on this episode. Look back and find that one. And of course, the splurge that pays you back 
Disney Deluxe Resorts. Touched a little bit about how maybe staying uh, nicer or longer can actually offer you a savings. Check out that episode and see if that could be helpful to you. Once again, I want to remind you, please like and subscribe. Just take a moment. Helps us out so much. Takes you very little time. We love you having access to us when you want it, when you need it, right when it becomes available. So until next time, we'll see you real soon.